folks how you doing welcome to ike live hope everybody's doing good uh man let me tell you something we're in studio here we've got some amazing in-studio guests which is a treat for this show you know we've got we've had some great guests on the show we've got some great in-studio guests for you tonight so i'm, I'm gonna leave you in suspense just for a little bit uh and we always start the show uh we want to say a big thank you to to all the military thank you for the active military thank you to our veterans uh policemen firemen thank you for everything you do um let, let's jump into it, man. I, I can't, I can't sit here in suspense anymore. Uh, Brian the Carpenter, did you make this show possible? Because I'm excited here as we sit here in the show. Yes, this is, uh, this is very exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. Okay, you, you did a good job. L- let me just jump into our guest, and then we're going to do our normal little deal here. But uh, I got to intro these guys. Uh, we've got two amazing guests here tonight, and uh, sitting to my right, very proud to introduce first time on Ike Live Studio. Mr. Trent Cole. How are you, man? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Dude, we, we are, we're beyond excited to have you on the show. So thank you for joining us tonight. No, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, in addition to Mr. Trent Cole, another guy from Ohio sitting on the casting couch right here in the studio. This isn't on the phone. We have Fletcher Shyrock. Fletcher Shyrock. Glad everybody. to be here. How you doing, Fletcher? Doing good, man. Good to see you. Everything going Glad good to be too? here. Okay. You getting ready for the Delaware That's River? That's right. Here for the Delaware River, a couple of days. Okay. Flying to Mexico, turn around, coming back, spending some more time on the Delaware. You're like a so. world traveler. All the time. This All is unbelievable. Time. All the time. All the time. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, we always start the show, we're going to start it in our, our normal routine, we start the show out by talking about a hot topic. And this is a good one, because we've got a lot of different takes on on what, what this is about from different people here tonight. And the hot topic tonight is the price of bass fishing. Well, thank you for that drum roll. Appreciate that. The price of bass fishing. The price of the outdoors. Let's talk about the price of the outdoors. We're even going to bring in the hunting since Trent's here tonight. Is it, has it gotten too out of hand? Has it gotten too out of hand? This is the big thing I want to talk to you guys about. Trent, has it gotten too out of hand? I mean, we're talking about, let, let's think about this. We're talking about a bass boat. In today's world, a fully rigged bass boat, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. A swim bait from Tackle Warehouse that catches big bass, three, $400 for a swim bait, for a lure. And I know it's the same in the hunting industry. 
Thank you for the gunshot. <laughs> Has the price of what we love to do, the outdoors, hunting and fishing, has the price gotten to a point where people can't enjoy it anymore, can't enjoy the sport? Um, yeah, I think the you know the, the sport has came a long way, and uh, you know in the past what ten years, is, I mean the sport of bass fishing has just came, it's just exploded. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan myself of. Uh, the Bassmaster, you know, watching the television shows, you know, watching you, watching you and, and other guys, and and uh, trying to learn from what y'all do. But like I said, it's it's came very ex- uh, expensive, and, yep. and um, like I said, it's just uh, it just shows you how far the you know the sport of bass fishing has came, and and how you know and how big it is now. It's crazy. It's crazy how it's grown. I mean, you know, the the big thing that I worry about, and and I want to get everybody's take on this, is is you know we talk about how we want to grow fishing. We want to grow hunting. We want to grow the outdoors. We want to get kids involved. We want to get new people involved. And then there's like this major block or barrier of money, right? Of dollars, you know. What, you know, how are we going to grow the sport if we've got this big block? What do you think? I th- you know, I think that's the biggest thing, and that was one thing I learned tonight. We went out in your little John boat. You have two electric motors on that thing, and I looked at it, and I didn't even know how to fish out of something like that because we're, you know, we're all so spoiled. But what I learned in about an hour of us going out there and throwing frogs around on the pond, that you know, I think we're sending the wrong message as anglers sometimes. Yeah, it's great to have all the stuff. It's great to you know plug our sponsors and have the latest and greatest because it does help, no doubt. Especially some of the fishers we get on, you have to have equipment to go out on Lake yeah. Erie or the Great Lakes or to make a hundred mile run. You got to have the equipment we have, but I think that's the one wrong message we're sending to the public that you have to have, you know, the biggest, baddest, fastest, uh, you know, everything in order to have fun and yeah. enjoy fishing and enjoy the outdoors. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see it come back a little bit the other way. Yeah, I mean, th- this is something that's uh, I think is an important topic. If you want to weigh in on it, a couple ways you could weigh in. Uh, first of all, you could uh, social media, right? Beck, what's the uh, what's our handle? here mike underscore iconelli at twitter uh you, you can send us a message there facebook facebook uh mike iconelli at facebook and brian put the number up here uh brian the carpenter just put the phone number up we want to hear from you uh let us know what you think about the cost of the price of this sport that we love fishing and hunting the outdoors has it gotten out of hand uh we've got uh as usual we've got in the back with brian the carpenter We've got uh, Dave Brodzik, a.k.a. Fathead, in the back. Dave, what, let me, I want to hear your opinion on it because you always give some good, kind of good analogies on it. Has it gotten out of hand, the price of what we love to do, our hobby? Has it gotten out of hand? Has it gotten out of reach for Perhaps. the average person? Perhaps. I also believe that the amount of straight brim hats in the room <laughs> probably out of control also. <laughs> well, <laughs> right, not a folded brim in sight. Uh, right. There's a folded brim it's right there. Good. Where we go. All right, there I've we got go. got a flat okay. one yeah. in the you know what? It, it, I think it's good. all relevant to what someone is willing to pay and what and what they can afford. Right. There's nothing stopping someone from going down 
to their local lake and cast them a line. What level do you want to do it at? Do you want to blaze around on that lake at 80 miles an hour, or right. do you want to just troll around at a mile an hour with it, you know, with a trolling motor? Right. It, so the, it so hasn't the price, changed. The price isn't stopping you from entering the sport. Not at all. Be- because even in hunting, you don't have to have you don't have to be a millionaire to get involved in deer hunting. I mean, you could have a small budget and get involved in the sport. Correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, you know, like I said, it's a sport that. I mean, you, you're going to get what you what you pay for. Right. You know, if you want the best thing that's out there that's going to, you know, double your advantage to, you know, per, pursuing a, a, a game animal, yeah. you know, it's there. Right. You know, but some people have to do it uh, with, with, you know, with, um, with, le- with less things and, and still be able to manage to still get it done. Yeah. So, like I said, it's just, you know, it's all about, uh, you know, if you're willing to go out there and put that money out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing I worry about is that it stops people from getting in the sport. We got any questions? Any any good Twitter questions? Any callers, Brian? Was that a crank call? We got a caller lined up? Yes? Working on it. Working on it. Okay, working on it. 60 second delay. Um, (laughs) You know what? I have a thought. Okay. I think it's like everything else in life. Nowadays, we do everything over the top. Yeah. But I think people feel like they have to do it over the top or they have to have like the name brand thing to get into it, just right. like anything else we do in our society. But the great thing about this sport, hunting, fishing, you don't have to. And I think that's what people need to realize. You don't have to have a $50,000 bass boat. You don't. You don't. You can have a John boat. Just like you don't have to drive a Lamborghini. You don't have to drive a Lamborghini. <laughs> you don't have to. You could drive a, a Civic. Oh, what's wrong with driving a Lamborghini? <laughs> I like the Lamborghini, but you don't have to. I like the Lamborghini. I like the Ferrari. I like the Lamborghini. The Civic, so-so. Uh, but it's a, like you said, it's. I think it's, um, you know, I, I think, you know, when the more, you know, the way the, I mean, the, with the economy and stuff, you know, I, I think the the sport of fishing and hunting took a hit there. You know, it when did. the economy went bad. It did. And now it's coming back, I think. And yeah. you see people, people are starting to buy stuff and everything. Yeah. And um, like I said, it's just more of a, I think with... Yeah, the more stuff that comes out, you know, that's that's what's about. You know, everybody every year. That's what makes the sport of fishing, of hunting, makes it exciting when all those latest and greatest things. Are, even though you can't buy them, but it's just always great to build this. Yeah, this, uh, that's what that's what keeps this sport. It alive. is exciting. Yeah. It's exciting. So. The new, the whole new product thing's exciting. Yeah. Speaking of new products too, l- listen to me for the next show. Everybody tune in the next show because we're going to have a post iCast show, which will be a really good one. We're going to look at all new products but what you said is true i mean i can remember being a kid and i can remember this these these things coming out fishing lures uh technology at the time i remember this goofy thing called the color selector does anybody remember what that was they had this meter i still use it today you don't use the color selector i don't even know know what it looks like he's out there laughing i know he does that was before me so for everybody out there doesn't know the color selector when i was a kid i was probably 15 or 16 was like a sundial sort of like the one that brian gave his wife as a push present for their first kid it was like a sundial (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that i aired it out you gave 
give her a. I admit, I admit that I had one and didn't know what the heck what what I was. What yeah, was it's for. the craziest thing. <laughs> I have to admit, I had one. It's I did his, not know what it was. Yeah, I didn't know how to work the thing. It's this damn dial, it. and you you'd stick this probe in the water, and it would tell you what color to fish. Now looking back on it, it's ridiculous, but I can remember the excitement because it's a new. You know what I mean? You're like you're you're, you know, you're getting into a hobby or a sport, and you're excited because you read about this thing. You feel like you have to have you it. You have to have it. Yep. The possibility that this will help you catch more fish. That was an exciting time for me, you know? The flying lure was mine. The that flying was lure was another good... Every morning before I got up to go to school, watch the flying lure, lure commercial and <laughs> go off to school and had, had to have them. Well, let me tell you something. Don't laugh at the flying lure. I caught him on it, though. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The guy that made that bait, Alex Langer, I know that guy a little bit, he's driving a Lamborghini. Oh, I, be- so. I believe it. <laughs> Don't oh, yeah. He made a lot of money. Take <laughs> that Lamborghini out there. I seen with the orange. Uh, the orange. It was an orange Lamborghini out towards uh, Woodstown. Was it? It might be. I don't know. I think it's got a big flying lure painted on the side of it. So, but uh, it's a rat Lamborghini. But you got to think about it. You know, when you when you um, you know saying these it's just the product, products are getting expensive. But you got to think about it. You know. Six years from now, a guy, you know, a guy say, say, a guy can't afford it, you know, right now. Six years, you know, six years down the road, he'll be, he'll be able to afford that, you yeah. know. So you got to remember, yeah. the products are expensive now, but you know, six or seven years down the road, um, they'll be able to, people will be able to afford. I mean, people will be able to afford it because you know it's just because new things come out. Yeah. But like I said, anything that somebody doesn't have, you know, it's always new to them, and you know, yeah. it's the greatest to them. Yeah. You know I mean? Because they couldn't afford it when it first came out. Yeah. So. Yeah. I still don't know about the four hundred dollars swim bait though. Would you pay that? Find nah, a carpenter. Would you pay four hundred dollars for a nah, swim bait? No. Nah, no. Nah. Out of your garage, maybe. I'm pretty sure Pollock's pretty well bought. If I had all train of them. coal money. I'd, I'd pay for it. Come on, dude. That's a hubba bubba. A Roman made for four hundred dollars. I don't know though. I'm going to stick to the Berkeley five dollar swim baits. We have on the line right now two time classic qualifier Bob Soley. Bob Soley on the line. Mr. Soley, how are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. What are you up to, man? Uh, we're we're hanging in the studio. We're hanging in the studio. I'm I'm glad you called in. So listen, we're talking about. I, I wanted to get your take on this, and then we're going to move on. Has has the sport of fishing, has the sport of hunting, have, has the outdoors, has it gotten too expensive for the average guy? Has it outpriced itself? I gotta tell you this first of all. I gotta tell Trent Coles I'm a dolphin fan, man. So, oh, man. <laughs> should we hang up on him? <laughs> you suck already. In the Northeast, but I love the dolphins. You know? Yeah, exactly, man. Has the sport gotten too expensive? I think fishing is completely out of control. Hunting is getting that way. When I was a kid and I started hunting, like it was a big deal just to get a deer. Now people want to kill like a 140 or 150 class buck, pay some out, you know, after the three to five thousand dollars to go sit in a tree stand that they picked out for him, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. It's, you lose what hunting stuff is all about, you know, and even fishing yeah. in a way. It's, you know, it's about being outdoors and having fun or being with your family or whatever the case may be, and, you know, guys put, you know, uh, a number on a buck that they killed. Like, you know, somehow you're a better hunter than me because you went with an outfitter, but, you know, I went on to do it yourself on a public property, so... Right. You know, what, what's the... What, where does it stop? You know, that, yeah. now they got places, they got fenced-in deer, they got, you know, all kinds of crazy things going on. So, you know, I guess everybody wants to shoot a big buck or whatever the case may be, but that's really not what hunting's about. Yeah. 
you know. Yeah, I, and, and, and bass fishing, like you said, I mean, picture when we started fishing. You know, there was a limitation on horsepower. You know, boats were 18 yeah. feet long. Yep, small. And it went from that to, like, you know, $70,000 bass boats and power poles and, yeah. you know, $6,000 for electronics and all this other stuff. And the guys still, you know, they, I guess, you know, when you're fishing at the level you're fishing at, you have to use every advantage to, to stay on the edge. But, I mean, you don't really need all that stuff to compete. Right. You know, you yeah. go out and fish and do well and, you know, fish out of a, yeah. and I think know, that's combo. That, that, that's, I think, the unanimous thing what we all said here is that it has gotten out of hand but you don't need it to, to get involved in sport and that, that's what I hope everybody understands especially all the kids watching uh, people that have kids you don't need you don't need a $400 swim bait you don't need a $50,000 bass boat you don't need a $10,000 shotgun to get involved in sport and, and enjoy it so that's that's a good thing Bob while we got you on the phone um, we're, we're going to get off the hot topic we're, we're going to jump into something else that I really we've talked about it before informally but I want to talk about on the show and once again there's the number at the bottom if you want to call in uh, also you could uh, uh Send your questions via Twitter at Mike underscore Iconelli or through Facebook. Um, I want to talk about, especially that we have Trent in the room, I want to talk about the correlations between hunting and fishing. Because there are a lot, you know, and, and we were talking a little off camera about it. Um, but, you know, the things like the movement of fish from seasonal pattern, the movement of deer during the different seasons, the routes they use, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it's amazing to me, you know, that I spend so much time on the water and I've learned to, you know, that these fish move on little drops and depth changes and they, they honker on points, you know, and they feed on, they feed in, you know, undercover. And then I talk to guys that hunt and they're like, oh man, that's a perfect spot. You see the way that ridge goes down and that point and the, and the field and here's all everything they eat and 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 I want to talk a little bit about the analogy between it. I mean, what you hunt and fish. What what are some of those things? Like what what can you take as a hunter and transfer to fishing and vice versa? Um, pretty much. It. Well, I think I think it's everything. I think you know hunting is fishing or fishing. You know, when you're out on the water, it is you are hunting essentially, right. and you're looking for those subtleties or whatever it is, and you're chasing these things out there. That their whole thing is about survival. You know, it's about food and cover and all those exact things that you're talking about. And you know, you kind of look at, like, um, say, like bass. You know, that point sticks out to you, or that cover the way it is, or a swamp, or whatever it is, the deer might walk down, or there might be a saddle on something. As a fisherman, you walk, you know, you're looking for a lot of those same things as you're out there on the water. And, um, you know, it's all about the food, you know, making little ones, just like the bass spawning, you know, deer during the rut. You know, in the fall, the deer start to scatter out more, different food sources come into play. And, you know, it's, you know, you see them out there in August and September in the soybean fields, and then all of a sudden October rolls around and they're gone. It's almost like the fall turnover on a lake, you know, the same exact thing takes effect, you know? Yeah. The bass start to scatter out. Yeah, the bass start to scatter out, the vegetation's dying off, and the same exact thing happens in the deer woods. <laughs> now, and you gear up. What's your take on it? Um, you know, it's just... Hey, like for me, you know, as a, um, you know, as doing, you know, as a hunter and doing television, 
um, it's a year-round thing, uh, and, and it, it comes from scouting. And and just like what you do, and y'all, you go to different lakes and you scout. You know, you got to learn. You know, you got to have to fish, and practice makes perfect. Yeah. So if you're out there, just like me, I'm out there scouting. You know, every day I'm out. I'm out there doing something like uh, every day. You know, uh, of the year. You know, they don't stop. Yeah. You know, and just like with the fishing, you know, you're scouting. You're, you're reading you're, uh, maps. You're, you're looking at maps. You're looking at lakes. You're you're on your own line. You know, you're asking questions. It's not luck. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not luck. It's hard work. It's, it's research. Yeah. It's strategy. There's there's a reason why you guys catch a lot of fish. The amount of fish you do and, and the size of fish that you do. You know, and which is a little bit luck here. You know, half a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Dude, that's the but, hardest thing to explain to people. Yeah. Do, you, do you get that a lot from from other players in the league that don't hunt the fish? Do they always say to you, "Oh, is that that's just luck"? Like you know. Yeah, but I tell them I was like, if you knew what all the hard work behind it, right? Of scouting, you know, that, that just like with fishing and. Um, you know, and there's a reason why, you know, there's a reason why I can go out there and every year I can take two to three bucks with my schedule. You know, right. I'm on the football field. I'm on the football field, you know, and my schedule is seven days a week. Yeah. But I still manage to be able to go out there and take uh, the two to three bucks a year. Is it because of what I do in the off? Put the work in. Yeah, put the work in the scouting in the off season. I know where my, I know where the deer are going to be. Yeah. I know just like from fishing, I know where the fish going to go. If I go to a certain lake, there's certain like. I go to like I'm from I'm from Ohio. I go to uh, Caesar's Creek or I go to um, uh, a Buck Creek or something or you know and, and I know where the, where to go. You know I know where there's <clears throat> there's um, there's areas where there's you know there's, there's vegetation yeah. underwater vegetation and stuff and uh, I know where the areas where I go and I mark those spots. It's just yeah. a matter of just. Like I said, practice. I practice on football when I'm at practice. You know, for practicing for that Sunday night game. Yeah. You know, and it's just, and then I go like, just like I'm like, said, if I'm on the water or if I'm, you know, going out there to deer hunt. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's all repetition, yeah. and I, I know how I know where to go. I, yeah. I know where to go. Yeah. A lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, let me get your take on this. Uh, hunting and fishing, because I know you, uh, you, yeah, well, you've you done some hunting for squirrels in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I just wonder, not just the preparation that leads up to your hunting and fishing, but your game day, on-the-water decisions, reading the, the conditions as they are that day Absolutely. or as they're changing. And just, you can't see underwater. I mean, you have electronics, and you, you know, but, yeah. but, to, but to get a vibe off of weather pattern change that day yeah and to be able to just kind of get in tune and follow the patterns and you know is there a connection with with hunting in the same fashion you know I think so I think so too yeah I think so. well you can ask, ask Trent this Trent if you're out there deer hunting it's a, a wrong wind are you gonna hunt that stand no, I, I will. I will not. See, that's what separates. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just like you know, you have to be in tune with what you're, you know, the, the conditions. Like Brian's talking about the wind, the weather. That's all affects you know the bass and the deer the same ways almost. Yeah. And, that, and that's what you separates. Know? The, you know, when they say professional fishermen, you know, like I can y'all. You know, that's what separates y'all from the average fisherman to the you know to a professional fisherman because he knows some things. He's very knowledgeable, and uh, you know he he can catch a. Uh, 
a large amount of fish that, that day, and and uh, and if, if 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 you stick a professional guy out there and an average guy out there, and you stick them on both stick them on one lake by themselves, you I would put all my money towards that professional fisherman because yeah. he knows he knows that lake, he knows where to go, yeah. you know, he, he and he just knows from this recent uh, I, yeah those trip. those instincts. I mean that's that's an important thing, you know, I, instincts of the sport. I kind of compare it to you know professional fishing and and guys that are good hunters or you know comparing to the people who are just getting lucky uh, it's almost like a professional fisherman is like a poker player professional poker player yeah I mean anyone can get on the table and have a, a lucky streak or you know lucky couple hands but time in you know by the end of the tournament a professional poker player is going to play his odds to his favor the entire time and at the end of the day he's going to win yeah. you know yeah there's some luck involved you know and the same is with fishing like you know they make, he made the comment earlier you can't see into the water same in poker you don't know what the river card's going to be you know right. you don't know what the turn's going to be you don't know what the flop's going to be so it's the same deal but you just have to bet on those odds all the time and the guy that has the better instincts the guy that has the better knowledge he's going to come ahead yeah absolutely so over time yeah, it's like, like when i'm in when i'm when i'm out hunting you know i play to win the win is my friend you know as a hunter's is a as a hunter's best friend yeah if they let it be and it yeah. can be very successful but you know what i'm saying like when you if you if you yeah remember you're out in there yeah you're, you're out in that element and, and like I said, like you said, like with fish, there's there's a luck there's luck there because remember, you, you don't know. You're trying to find out if you can get. There's there's a big buck I'm after. You're trying to figure him out and trying to get him patterned down to where he's come out. But most times, I've had big bucks patterned out, and this and I know this buck's gonna come out and walk this field edge that I've been watching three days before, and I go out there and I set up. I get it and make sure the wind's right, make sure I'm downwind, and he don't show. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And then all of a sudden, I, I keep hunting him, keep hunting, he still don't show. I, I, one day I'll be sitting back watching the field and he shows up. Yeah. And then, you know, a month later, I end up taking him. Yeah. But it's, there's, a, there's a luck factor in there there's as well. There's a little bit of luck involved yeah. in anything. Trent, sure. do you have any particular kills that stand out in terms of preparing for it, stalking it? Uh, yes. Um, it was uh, I, I had a buck I was after, and uh, I couldn't figure out I couldn't figure out why every time I would go in there I wouldn't see them. But they would show up my trail cameras. You know that's one of my tools and I keep my toolbox as a trail camera. I gotta have them because I like I said I don't have the time playing football. I don't have the time to go out there, so I, I rely on my trail cameras to, uh, to to you know to, to get a bead on what's coming through. And every time I would go out there, they would not show up. And I'll go out there on the right wind. It was just a perfect day, and they would not show up. I don't know why was going on, but I figured it out. You know what I was doing is uh, I'll never forget. I, I didn't end up. I ended up taking me a good uh, the buck I want. I call home team. I'm taking it, which people get the chance to see on Discovery uh, on Destination America. You know, if you ever watched that at the end of this month. And um, what happened was is I had I had um, what I was doing the folder. I was taking the folder to get to the spot. I was in the chick. I had the chicken coop, so I was in there and I was picking them back. So I was always feeding the chickens. And what happened was, is I was getting a mess on my hands. They were, they were all over. The, they were, they were. The chickens were pooping on the bag. <laughs> the bags were in there. So I was touching the bags. So every time I go out and get on the folder, I'll touch the folder. So I'll go out there. 
go there, change my truck cameras. Remember, I touched the truck camera with my hands. And uh, I couldn't figure out. Wow. Every time I went to check the truck camera, you, could, you remember this. Every time I checked the truck camera is when I went out to go hunt. Right. I mean, after, I mean, I'll do it, check the day before. And I would yeah. go out to hunt and thinking, like, okay, I'm going to go out here. I'm going to take this deer. And I couldn't figure it out. But uh, that was one of the biggest mistakes I made. I, I, I mean, I kicked myself in the butt about Did it. Did you shoot the chickens? Uh, no. Nah. <laughs> nah, but, Choke them? <laughs> but it, it's just that's one of the biggest mistakes I made. It's just, you know, there's a lot of stuff behind it. And people always wonder, like, how the heck are they guys, they guys can kill that many deer and this with that man's schedule. That's amazing. That's just that. That they're that in cool, tune dude. to it. Yeah, that's a cool story. Just playing to win, but my scent, scent's the biggest thing. Like in my, in my, in my, that's crazy. In my line of work, the scent is crazy. You know what I'm saying? It's just deer are very particular. You know, they, they just it's just one of their part of their their nose is like their their biggest uh, you know defense. You know, it's like it alerts them. That's amazing. So I wanted we to make thought, a comment. We thought we had a bad fish. Yeah. man. That's a I delight. To make a comment too. You know, when we're fishing, I'm not a big hunter, but uh, I wanted to make a comment about a lot of times when I'm out in practice and I'm fishing. More times it's fishing shallow stuff. You go up to a boat dock and you flip up under there. And a lot of times anymore, I practice without a hook. Yeah. And you'll you know you'll pull up to a boat dock and you'll raise a four or five pounder. Or I actually I did it at uh, our last tournament at Chickamauga. Uh-huh. I pulled up to a laydown and I raised a four pounder. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have this misconception. They try to go out and practice. They try to catch everything they can. Right. But what those fish actually are a lot like a deer. You know they live in that certain area. Residents. And a lot yeah. of times they're going to live on that same position that you found them on before. You know as long as the weather and everything plays out right yeah. and i've just found it time and time and time again now that those fish live on that that piece of cover and if you don't catch it in practice it's a lot, it's a lot like hunting in the tournament you know that fish lives somewhere within you know 100 yards of that area or 50 yards and i yeah. actually went back to chickamauga to that fish and the same four pounder bit when i flipped over the same limb i ended up losing the it. fish but yeah, yeah. And, and we see that all the time and it's just like you know like i said it's just like hunting you're hunting those single fish up shot a lot of yeah. times and it's important not to catch those fish too yeah i wanted to make that point so. i got a question i got a question for you like, what do you think do you think tell me your question do you think the larger i mean this with bass fishing i mean the larger fish is it are, are they i mean are do they stay deeper they, my yeah or, or, or they're more they're more shot it's a great question i've got two Two theories on big fish, and my my theory on big fish is they're always deeper or thicker than the average fish. So, like you said, deeper water, absolutely. Big ones go deep. They live a little deeper than the average fish, or thicker. You know, and when I say thicker, you know, I'm talking about you're you're in a lake and you know it's got vegetation, and most guys will fish the edge of it. That big one is going to be buried in the thickest most nasty. nasty part you can find. So one of my theories is deeper or thicker. The other theory I have on big fish, and I really believe this, um, is that a lot of the very biggest bass I ever catch are, are loners. You know, And we spend so much time in fishing looking for groups of fish. You know, You're trying to find a school. You know, you're, you're idling to look for 20 fish in a group. 
and some of the biggest bass I've ever caught are singles. You know, they're they're lone rogues, and they live like that. You know, they're Lake Erie. You mentioned Lake Erie, they're them big smallmouth. They're deep. They're rogues. You know, them big ones the live big by themselves. Ones, yeah. Them giant ones. Them you'll find real, you'll find maybe a couple of them within a within a large area. You hardly the ever catch them giant giant ones in, in a, a school, school of twenty to thirty fish. They're always right. almost always by themselves. Yep. Yep. Deeper or thicker, man. That's my number one rule on those big ones. Bob Soley, thank you for uh, thank you for calling in. Appreciate you. Thank you, friend of the show. All right, sir. Thank you. You guys, you guys have a good good time tonight, man. You got it. You too, Bob. Uh, All right, later. All right, man. I want to switch the topics here, Beck. Can I switch topics a little bit? Go for it. Okay. Uh, I I want to switch topics, and I want to go to since we have um, these amazing guys in the room tonight. Thank you for that. Um, I want to talk about other professions and what profession you, you liked you like or liked better, because we've got Fletcher in the room, who's ex motocross guy. Trent in the room, who loves the hunt and fish, but's a football guy. I'm gonna put you on the spot. You had to pick, you have to pick one right now. You get to hunt every day. Or you get to play football every day. Which one? What? 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 Okay. What's your love? What? What and, are you going to? And they pick? both give you a Lamborghini. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I love to do both. Yeah. Now, if I could, you know, y'all know my profession. I'm a, I'm playing the NFL. You know, guys like me in the NFL. This is what we do. This is our this is our livelihoods here. Yeah, we're this is what we're playing for. We're playing for the sheer of just it's a team game. We're competitive. We love to play the game and you know, this is our jobs too as well. But I gotta tell you, if I could hunt fish every day I would hunt and fish every day. <laughs> there you have it. There was nothing about that. Yeah, because in two years you're not going to be hunting and fishing every day, go. dude. Come on. That's right. In two years. Let me get out my violin. I'm not hunting and fishing. Two years, you can dial, you can dial me up. <laughs> you can dial me up. Yeah. Like, you probably will, I probably won't even answer the phone. Everybody know where I'm at. Stalking that buck. Cell phone? What cell phone? I don't know a cell phone anymore. What about you, Fletcher? Motocross guy. Man. You, can you if, you if you had a choice right now, you go back. And you're I went back about two months ago. Tell me. We tell went out. Me. We went out and made a video. Me and my brother. I had yeah. not rode in five years. Yeah. And uh, from the last wreck that I had, I separated my shoulder and that ended it. I went and bought me a boat. Next thing you know, I was fishing the opens, and now here we are in the elites. You know. Yeah. Um, but that was ex- basically five years to be exact. And whenever I got back on the bike, me and my brother wanted to make a video. And dude, I was so scared when I got on that bike. I wouldn't say scared, but just when I rode out on that track, I was like, "What are you doing? Yeah. It's been five years." You know, yeah. you think. I guess my mind thought that I forgot how to how to ride. Right. You know, and then within a lap, it was like everything just come together. Like your body doesn't. Your somewhere in your mind doesn't forget how to do certain things. It's like walking. Yeah. You know, and I can honestly say that I had probably more fun that day than I've had in a long, long time. But it's a different kind of fun than fishing. Right. You know, it's more... The motocross is more of a rush. Right. And the only, the, the main negative to that was at any given moment, which doesn't even have to be your fault. It could be a rock. It could be another rider. Hey, the guy that's working on the track could go out and jump on the bulldozer and pull him behind a jump. Yeah. There's so many things that can happen to you right. that can be a life-changing event, you that's know, life-threatening. Uh, so I don't miss that part of it. But that the actually, thrill of riding... I'm glad you mentioned that because that's 
that brings up a good question. We're going we're gonna to pose another question to the audience. And once again, there's a phone number at the bottom. Uh, 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 Mike underscore Iconelli at Twitter. What's a more dangerous sport? Football, motocross, or fishing? I like it. That's good. Ooh. What's a more dangerous sport? Unequivocally, it's football, for God's sake. Well, give me a reason. Give me, uh, Dave, a reason. you can't just Every say something like that. Every single play that Trent uh, Cole makes, he's yeah. had a 35-mile-per-hour car crash. That's true. These motorcycle guys are <laughs> fault. Yeah, thank you. All right. I, I don't even give me a motorcycle football Tough comparison. Tough crowd. Okay. Tough give me, uh, crowd. I don't know, give me, like, <laughs> give me a Malachi Crunch. Give me the Malachi Brothers, and I can make an argument for you. All right. I, I see it on the football. I see it on motocross. I see the danger of that. I see maybe more injuries with football, but I see the life-threatening injuries in motocross. And absolutely. That's 100% you know? correct. Right there. And I'm not one-sided to whichever is more dangerous, You're but that's just... faster. <laughs> there's just there's just some bad things that happen in that sport. What that's it, why I'm kind of happy I'm fishing now. What you about know? fishing, though? Think about it. A missed yeah. hook set? Yeah. A yeah. tungsten worm weight coming back My brother face? blasted me Part with a fish yeah. that day. We made the video, too. It hurt. Shin Fukai slamming into a bridge piling? Like, didn't you rip a spinnerbait through Brian's face? I ripped yeah. it. I did hit you with a spinnerbait. Yeah, and look, there's the result. You see it years later. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Alright, so Brian, you're the last one we didn't hear from. Uh, we want to hear from Brian the Carpenter. Oh boy. Your two professions, carpenter or producer? Uh, I'm really bad at producer. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not talking into the mic right now? Yes, because of that and a lot of other reasons. I'm really bad at this, so I'll stick with the hammer. Okay, you're going to stick to the carpenter job. Yeah, okay. I'm going to stick with that. All right, that's good. We have any We have any comments? Is, is, it, is it slow tonight? We have anything? We'll take anything. We've had some, but nothing more exciting than what you guys are saying. So oh, we're, ex- with it. we're exciting on our own tonight. Yeah, nobody's... We, we, the, it'll come in a minute. Okay. We have a delay. All right, we have a delay. Uh, I, I, let's take this time. Uh, try and talk a little bit about the show coming up you've got. We, we talked about it off camera a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let everybody know uh, when and where they can see your show and, and, and what they could expect. Yes, uh, you know, I have a, as you, as you know, I have a TV show called Blitz TV. Um, it's going to be on Destination America. Uh, third quarter and fourth quarter be on NBC Sports and uh, it's a it's a hunting show. We we hunt all over. Our main our, the main thing that we we do hunt is is whitetail. You know we're 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 a lot of our guys are based out of Ohio and in in the East Coast, but we hunt all over the United States, hunting in Canada, and um, you know we like to pretty much you know we're a show that wants to educate people. You know, on on being successful and how to be successful. Yep. You know, and you know, and show you know, show what we, and show our everyday lives. You know, yeah. All my all my, all my staff. You know, we have guys from you know different walks of life. You know, it's just it, from from everywhere. You yep. know, and um, and like I said, we have, there's a lot of different personalities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's 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 pretty crazy. How's it How's it been filming? Has filming been a fun process of creating the show? Yes. You know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot that goes into creating the show, and there's a lot of hard work. You know, with the to having the football and uh, trying to you know juggle balance everything out. Yeah, you know? I've done a good job doing that. You know, and I, I found that balance in football and hunting. But you know, football is what I, is my livelihood. It's what I love to do as well as, as hunting and stuff. But you know, I'm going to take football over anything. You know, yeah. until I'm done. And yeah. I get back. There's always I can always hunt later or yeah. fish later. So, yeah. but uh, you know, it's. 
like I said, there's a lot of hard work. You know, we, you got the filming part of it, you know, and you got the part of prepping, you know, prepping for the hunt, you know, prepping your different um, properties that, you know, that we own, different farms that we have, and prepping them just to get ready for that one moment in the fall. So we're doing all this work, you know. We're out there making food plots. We're out there planting, and, I mean, we're out there doing I'm shooting, shooting our, you know, to make sure that, you know, we make that clean ethical shot when it comes down to it and make yeah. sure we're on a mark. So there's a lot that goes into it. And, uh, you know, like I said, just for that one moment in the year, that's yeah. like with every hunter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a lot. And the, the filming side of it, you know, I, when I was younger, I was filming when I was younger. I was, it was filming when I was younger. I remember starting in eighth grade and me and my buddies would, Take a camera with us. Take our, our our parents' cameras with us. Yeah. And uh, you know, you talking about VHS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we started with that and just kept moving up. You know, as technology kept growing. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, we kept moving up from there. And and I happened to make it to the NFL. Never thought I was going to be in the NFL. I'll tell you yeah. that right now. I never thought I'm a from a small town of Ohio. You know, worked on farms. You know, and worked every day. Played all every sport I could play, you know, yeah. but, um, and that's you know that's what's made me to the person I am today. Yeah. You know, um, all the hard work has paid off. And, Absolutely, yeah, and, that's uh, awesome. But you know, like I said, it's just you know we got into the um, I got to I got to uh, made to the NFL and I was able to you know I had some money in my pocket. I was able to go buy some cameras. I bought some cameras for me and my buddies. Yeah, and the Lamborghini. That <laughs> came at the end. Or two. That came. That came. The Lamborghini came about eight years later. Contracts. <laughs> so uh, it all worked out, and you know we we started from there, and it just grew. You know we were, we weren't trying to make it big. We weren't yeah. trying to be like the stars, and you know that we always would watch as kids. You know, watching ESPN and Larry Zonka and all them guys, yeah. and you know, watching all the, the you know, dreaming about being a, fishing on the Bassmaster Classic, and I can remember all them days. But oh yeah, um, you know, we we just got just start growing and got bigger and got bigger, and that's when I you know I started my own production company. Yeah, and um, and here we are now. You know. Yeah, doing a Blitz TV style, man. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Listen, everybody, check check it out if you haven't already. Yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Okay, Mike. You have a question? No, go ahead. With, go with Trent. Okay. No. Right. Are you ready? <laughs> Listen, we have a caller, but finish what you were saying. Oh, we have a yes. caller. All right, let's take the caller. Let's take the caller. We got... Blitz TV. Okay. Let's take the caller. We got Fat okay. Cat Newton online right now. Fat, Fat Cat... Cat is a regular caller. He's yep. a very interesting guy. Yep. And Trent. Okay, Fat Cat, how you doing tonight? Hi, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good, doing good. What's what's going on? What's the word? Wall to wall, hey, wall to wall, truth out tall, buddy. Making a do what it do. Changing this fishing game cast by cast, because all I do is catch big bass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, look, man, last time I was on, man, I kind of I kind of feel bad, because um, I haven't talked to Tommy Biffle. Have you talked to Tommy Biffle lately? I actually did. I, I did talk to Tommy briefly uh, at the last tournament, which was at Chickamauga. Uh, yeah. But, but we didn't talk about his shorts or any of that nonsense. Yeah, because I'm just mad, man, because like I said, he hasn't called me lately. I guess he's still mad about me making that comment about his shorts being so tight he can count the change in his pocket. <laughs> 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 hey, look, uh, real quick, uh, we got Trent Cole up in there. Uh, 
talking about Huntley Fisher. I did a video here recently on Fat Cat Newton YouTube channel. Yep. And I went ahead and I collaborated hunting with fishing, man. I'm a trendsetter. You know, like I said, I'm changing this game cast by cast. Uh, what I did is I took a set of horns out of a 14-inch, oh, actually a 14.30-inch wide buck I killed with a slingshot from 117 yards. <laughs> and it was uh, it was during the spawn, so uh, I took out, you know, so I had a big, a big old girl on the bed, but uh, the buck bass was on the bed. And, you know, I kept pitching over there trying to catch the buck bass, couldn't do anything. So what did I do? I pulled the horns out, leaned over the boat, rattled the horns. Hey, boom goes the dynamite, baby. That buck bass started circling. I pitched my dirty bird cash call. Dude, set the hook, 12-pound buck bass. Got off right at the boat. I'm a little confused. That's, a, that's unbelievable. What are you confused with? I'm telling you, a buck bass. Okay, whoever's confused, listen, buck bass. Buck horns. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Did this really hey. happen, Fat Cat? Oh, it's on video, man. Go to YouTube. Fat Cat Newton on YouTube. It's unbelievable footage. I, you know, I, man, I've heard, I've heard a rattling deer in, but I've never heard a rattling. And what I rattled bait? a buck bass. That's hey, unbelievable. What flip bait did you yeah, use? Hey. What, what was the bait? Fletcher wants to know what was the bait you used again. It was a dirty bird lure cash crawl. It's an unbelievable bait. I helped invent this bait back in 87. It just came out uh, last year, but... <laughs> It's, uh, it's one of the best things out. It's, it's unbelievable. But, and speaking of 87, let's talk about Fletcher for a second. Hey, Fletcher with the flat brim. Yeah, what's up, man? <laughs> I like the name of that lure, man. That's good. Hey, it's just a real deal, man. I'm not on a jig rig. Sounds like the, the, it. It was on a jig rig. It's like everybody's throwing Alabama rigs. I was doing that stuff in 87. What I've developed now <laughs> is I take the rig and I put... Five jigs on it. And it's a jig rig because many people don't know that crawfish, they travel in schools up to a thousand to two thousand at a time. I've actually got footage of it, but I just can't get it to upload. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, anyways, with the flat brim, man, I, I started that flat brim stuff back in, it was probably 87. Uh, I, was, I was fishing a tournament. I was in a hurry to get home, man. Uh, MASH was coming on. Man, uh, I, I got to the house, man, as I went to sit down, I sat on my hat. So I sat on my hat, and I picked it up, and the brim was flat. I said, oh, that's the new Highland. So I started wearing that flat brim, man. Just like all your boys wearing them big frame glasses. I started that. That was by accident, though, just like the flat brim hat. I was in a hurry to get to a tournament, and I was running out the door, and I picked up my grandma's blue blockers. And I got to the tournament. <laughs> yeah, hey, they blocked all I had. Light, which is the good thing. There was a beautiful, and then you had them big frames, so after everybody there, because, you know, me being, you know, the biggest bass angler in the game, everybody was just trying to bite my style, so that's why everybody's wearing big frames now. Man, it's, I, it's, I, I want to get back to 1987. That was a good year. Dude, I did a lot of stuff in 87, man. 87 I've been doing was a stuff. good year. Yeah, 87. Hey, let's, it was a good year. 87 has yeah. been good to me. Uh, I want to ask you about a few anglers. Between you and Fletcher, I, you know what? We got Trent right there. Let's ask Trent a question. Trent, you got me? Hello. Yo, I'm here. We're All right, man. Uh, Redskins. What do you think about them changing that name? I know why they want to change the real reason they want to change the name, but what do you think about that whole situation? Truthfully, um, that's it's no matter what, you know, they're going to be the NFL football team, and it's not going to change the way they're going to play. 
Yeah. See, I disagree with that. I think that they're going to do away with the Redskins altogether because they're just using the name for the scapegoat. They just don't want an all-girls football team in the NFL anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. That's my perspective. Oh. Well, I want to ask a few questions about some of these anglers out here. Uh, so, uh, what do y'all think? Who has the best-looking lip rug, Shaw Grigsby or the Milkman? Milk, oh, that's, a, mustache. that's a tough one. Wow. Wow. Shaw Grigsby's mustache is, is tough, dude. I don't know. Can we get, can we get some photos right up? There. There's it's, Shaw right there. Let's it's, get some photos Look at up. that. There's that's Shaw. Solid, dude. Oh, got, <laughs> Shaw's mustache is strong. That's a trend, Shaw's <laughs> mustache, yeah. Yeah, Jar- Jared Littner or Shaw Grigsby Shaw on the mustache. mustache. Yeah, Littner's got a good one. Come on, dude. It's pretty thick. He I, cares think like it's solid, I, bet you, I bet you Shaw has that, that lip world insured for at least a million dollars. <laughs> he might. That, I mean, that's some. That's some expensive real estate right there. That that that's uh. I wish I could grow something like that. Golly, my mustache is a pig. <laughs> it's a pig. Thank you, Lord. All right, let me ask. Uh, I see Ike. I was gonna bring. I didn't want to bring it up, but. Skinny jeans, man. What's up with y'all boys wearing these tight jeans, man? <laughs> <laughs> this is my I new sponsor. This is my new sponsor, man. Citizens Humanity are sponsoring me this year, so hey, I gotta wear them. One well, night, hey, I'd there, wear them too. Like Mike and Ed Bassmaster, and there were two white belts in the room with skinny jeans, and it was the most white belts ever in like a ten foot radius, what man. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> hey, white belts are in. As long as it's not after Labor Day, you can wear them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, uh, well, listen. Uh, what was I going to go? with that. So, who wears tighter jeans other than I? Would it be G-Man or would it be Jason Quinn? Because them boys, I mean, they wear not just skinny jeans, but they got like the diamonds and the rhinestones on the pockets. I mean, they take it to the limit. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's uh, a, I've seen Jason Quinn and Okeechobee with some tight jeans on. It was ridiculous. Dude, it, it was a violation. It's almost bad as Aaron Martin's wearing them yoga pants. <laughs> 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 no, but like I said, uh, both of you guys are a little light. Man, y'all could take some nutrition uh, tips from uh, Trent. I could give you some right now. <laughs> I mean, y'all need to eat some meat and potatoes. Uh, what I do myself and Trent probably does the same thing. I'm doing between 15,000, 20,000 calories a day. Uh, you know, that's why I'm in the pick of my life. I'm 6'4", 370 pounds, but I mean, I'm a freaking nature to be this big and look as good. I mean, you know, it took a while to get this way. The minds didn't build Rome in a day, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, what I do, man, before the tournament, let me tell you, I'll, just, I'll, I'll leave the nutrition alone after this, give you all a tip. Tournament morning, I'm going to tell you what I do. It just... There is a reason that, I mean, I'm at a level I can't get any higher. One thing, because of my nutrition, I make a breakfast smoothie. And if you guys did for this, you can You're 370, dude. What do you make it with? Like bacon, mayonnaise, and well, ice cream? If, like, if, if, you, if you simmer down for a second, I'll tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. Check me out now. I like to fry. It's got to be fried because I do a dozen fried eggs, a pound of bacon, a pound of sausage, a can of gravy, preferably sausage gravy, and I, and I juice it. I just mix it all up because you guys know, as long as you juice it, whatever you want to juice, if you juice it, it's healthy for you. It's, it's simple logic. So what do you, you know juice? What I mean? Ham? Like, what are you yeah. juicing, man? I just told you, a pound of bacon, fried eggs, I put it all in a blender, I mix it up, throw a five-hour energy, and I'm, hey, I'm walking along the street, that's all. Listen, I got a video of me eating one. Go to Facebook, 
I got it on Facebook, Fat Cat Newton, YouTube. I'm a, I'm a shameless plugger, in case you guys didn't realize that. <laughs> fat, but, cat, uh, fat Cat, Fat Cat, I need you to repeat something from earlier because I forgot. I think you have given Fletcher a name to a bait as soon as he comes up with what it's going to look like. That's right. And it had something to do with a swim bait and something skinny. Can you remember what you said? Oh, dude, swim bait and skinny. I don't even know what you're talking about dude, right you now. You said something earlier about <laughs> the name of your bait that I asked you about the earlier. Dirt, dirty bird, dirty bird cash crawl. <laughs> <laughs> that what we're talking Remind about. I have the name of that bait. Dirty bird cash crawl. It's the real deal. Y'all want to make jerks say. That bait right there has won me more money than I can even Oh, I just like I the mean, name, man. The name's awesome. Dirty, take hey, the name, hey. dude. No, we're good. Okay, I'm just take, kidding. It's well, a good name, though. Good, good luck getting it, man. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my it's one of my many sponsors. I'm about to make y'all jealous right now. I know you boys got the boats, got all this. You guys are talking about who needs power poles. My boat's got seven power poles. Because, I mean, I, I don't play any games. I'm out there in certain waters when the wind's chopping. I got seven power poles down. <laughs> But, uh, like I said, when I go like to a the tournament... mantis out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, it's exactly what it is. It's like the thing on the Star around. Wars that just... I, I can actually walk it. But uh, when I pull up to a tournament, man, everybody knows I'm there. Like I say, uh, my jersey <laughs> is full of sponsors. I mean, I, all the sp- it's probably got 87 sponsors on it. And all of them give me at least 5% off. You know what I mean? And it's at least... <laughs> normally... Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm serious. Extra, uh, you guys are jealous. Extra medium, of course, because I like to show my body off being as beautiful as I am. <laughs> but, uh, man, when I pull up, man, you see all the, all the doc chat about, you know, man, that shirt is tight, you know. And it, it is. It's a good-looking shirt. And, I mean, <laughs> a lot of all the guys you hear, they, they call a hey, poser because they know me looking so good, I'm always posing for pictures. You know what I mean? Way you suck your bacon bread in that shirt, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got rolls. I'm not ashamed of it, man. Hey, it's paid for. You know what I'm saying? And that roll was And I mean, I'm always out there. I mean, I'm changing it up. I'm always doing different things. That's why, you know, hey, Fat Cat, you know, you're impulsive. You know, they might call me impulsive. People, some people call me repulsive because they know I'm impulsive over and over and over. But, you know, that, that probably wasn't a good one. I could have probably did better than that. I love it. Uh, fat, yeah, what fat, are we talking about now, man? Let's talk, fat, I've been talking too much like the first guy. <laughs> <laughs> like Bob. Uh, we're actually, Fat Cat, thanks for calling in. We're going to let you run. We appreciate you. Uh, just to let everybody know, we're going to have Fat Cat call in every show. He's a funny dude. I like him. I like him a lot. He's going to call in every show yep. and make us laugh. Laugh or cry. But a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of both. Thanks for calling in, Fat thanks, Cat. Thanks, man. Trent, tell everybody one more time. I like that guy. Uh, I want to make sure everybody knows the show that you've got coming out and where they can find it. Let everybody know that one more time. Yeah, if you catch the show on Destination America, and um, you can also listen to me on NBC Sports as well. If you want to know more information, you can go to uh, cooutdoors.com and uh, find the times there. You can check us the Blitz TV show on Facebook, and, and you can go on my Facebook or go on my Twitter at prohunt underscore. Uh, it's yes, pro yeah, pro underscore hunt fifty eight. That's what it is. Not, not too uh, good with the, with the Twitter, but uh, I don't um, get it. That's why <laughs> Becky's in the room. I don't understand any of that but stuff. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, I, and also, you can also catch it on uh, on Blitz TV show uh, Twitter as well. So. Gotcha. Everybody, please check it out. Check it out. And we want to. Uh, we're going to take a little break here. When we come back from the break, we're going to bring in. Uh, a special guest that's outside, Pete Glusick, and we're going to do our Bass University Tip of the Month, which is real important. Trent Cole, everybody. Trent Cole. Trent Cole.
Ooh, we need a break. That was good. <laughs> that dude was awesome. Bat Cat had to be gone. <laughs> the, well, dirty bird, the, the Dirty, dirty Bird Cat's Crawl. That's funny. That is funny. The Dirty Bird Cat's Crawl. I got down there and banged him. Bang them uh, antlers together. Uh, he's gonna start banging them. I got a bass. I'm butt. sitting there going. Oh, the <laughs>
everybody, we're back. We took a, a little short uh, break, um, and uh, had to, we went from coffee to uh, Blue Moon is the flavor of the month out in, out in the bar, uh, B3 bar. Uh, once again, I want to thank Trent. Trent's going to hang around with us for a little bit. He's in the casting couch sitting next to Fletcher. Trent, thank you again for joining us. That was awesome. And uh, we heard from Fat Cat. And sitting to my right... Everybody knows who he is, Pete Glusey. How you doing, Pete? I'm tip top, you know. You were under the weather though for a couple of days. Yeah. What was going on? I with got you? hammered by some virus, put me down. Okay. For a little while, but I'm I'm back on the water now. Everything's tip top. Okay, you're doing better. <laughs> so was I, that you? Yeah. When well, you were sick. You might hear that once in a while during this broadcast. So I apologize. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, we were talking a little bit when we were out there about. Uh, about Delaware River tournament coming up. What do, what do you what, without giving anything away? Do you think this is going to be a good Get tournament? Some stuff I mean, away, Pete. Yeah, and look, 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 Fletcher's all ears. He's a listener. He's guy actually has this starting. Yeah, people people want to know weights. and People want to know is this going to be a good event? You know, tell tell the people a little bit about what they could expect. You know, out here well, in the I tell you, well, for, from an event perspective, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, we're going out of Penn's Landing. Yeah. Right? That's where the weigh-in's taking place. Center City. Right in Center City. Uh, Todd Pride's doing a nice job with the committee in Philadelphia. You know, just, they're going to roll out. Nice. They're going to have a nice...